Hello and welcome to Homework, a podcast by and for people who work from home. Episode 236, Side Hustles, with your hosts, Dave Kalo and me, Harry Marks. Hello, Dave. Hey, Harry. How are you doing? I'm all right. I, uh, we were talking a little bit before the, um, before the started. I had, mm-hmm. um, we'll get, you know what, let's get right into Tools of the Week because this goes right into it. So last week, if you listen to the, our episode uh, on email, um, we had to re-record that episode because my audio got completely foobarred. Um, Ooh, a look were, behind the curtain. Yeah, so we record on Friday afternoons, and I went into the file to put everything together. And whenever I spoke, I heard this crackling under my voice, and nothing I had worked. I used BuzzFry on the iPad. I put everything together on the iPad. BuzzFry for noise canceling. Um, Ferrite, which is the, the podcast editor I use to stitch everything together. That has its own noise cancellation software in it. That didn't do anything. I then threw it into Audacity, GarageBand, anything I could find. I even asked someone who had a copy of Adobe Audition to go in and try and get rid of this thing. And nothing worked. So I was uh, over the weekend I was just floating around Facebook and I'm in a couple of um audio drama podcasting groups and someone had posted a link this company Isotope I Z O T O P E uh was having a sale on this application it's called RX Elements and Isotope makes software for audio production that usually ranges between a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars depending on how deep in the weeds you want to go with your post production stuff so this is a pretty bare-bones application. It does a couple things, but it seems to do them really well. It declicks and declips. So if you have um, clicking under your audio or, or in the background, if you have um, parts of the audio where someone speaks a little too loudly and it clips the audio at the, the high end, it'll bring that back down. It has a de-hum. So you know, if there's audio feedback or interference from your, your um, um, machines, um, you'll hear this zzz underneath. It'll get rid of that. But there's also voice denoise, and that one intrigued me. So it was thirty dollars. I don't have a lot of money to throw around, but this I figured I could use later on. <clears throat> so I downloaded it, and I took a sample of my audio from our last episode where it was crackling, and I threw it in. And it takes a couple tries for it to to learn and remove it. But after about four or five passes, the denoiser worked, and it removed all of the noise that was under my voice. So we ended up re-recording anyway, so it really didn't matter. But if it ever happens again, I now have this tool that even though it's not perfect, there's still some some degradation in the audio quality, but it's perfectly passable for podcast audio. It's it's nothing, you know, we don't do anything that needs to be high definition. So, you know, it's a, it's a tool that I can have in my back pocket in case something goes wrong next time. So it's called RX Elements by Isotope. Now, is that a Macron... iOS app. This is a Mac app. It's also available for Windows, which is pretty cool. Um, Oh, neat. Yeah, So, but this is Mac only. So unfortunately, I couldn't do iPad only this past week for our last episode. But uh, knowing that this is around and I can use this in case I ever have some weird audio problem again, um, that's good. And it it does other stuff too. You can adjust the fade and the gain and mixing and normalizing. So, you know, I can put our two pieces of audio together and do like a levelator kind of thing and, and make sure we're equal. Um, I tend to do that by ear anyway, so it's it's fine. But this is a really cool little tool. I love that Levelator is back, by the way. Yes, I was so happy because it does not work in 64-bit, the original version. Right. So I think it's a Mac App Store app now. You don't even have to download it off the dark web <laughs> the way you used to. <laughs> right. You don't need a you don't need a Tor browser to get it. Right. Um, this is an aside, but real quick, I know you use the Fair, right? I know you edit the show on the podcast. Are you using just 
your finger to do your editing? You're using a stylus? You're using the little like how that seems like uh, fidgety work for it, it's a, an iPad. How does it work? It's a lot easier to, for me to do it on the really? iPad than it ever was to do in GarageBand. So my other show, The Shelf Life, is a full cast audio drama or comedy mm-hmm. with background noise, um, music, sound effects, um, multiple people speaking. So there are probably on any episode, and each episode is only like 10 minutes long, but probably mm-hmm. 10 to 12 tracks um, that just, I have a laugh track, I have the, the sound effects and everything. And I do all of that in Ferrite. And I use the a combination of the Apple Pencil and my fingers. So I can use my fingers to scroll around the screen and, and move mm-hmm. the timeline along. And then I use the pencil to literally swipe and delete tracks of audio or move pieces around. Um, I can slice down with the pencil to, to, cl- um, to separate a piece of, of audio, to split it. Um, and then move it around. I can create tracks, and it's a little cramped on the 11 inch screen. Um, I'm yeah. not going to lie; it's not the easiest thing to look at. But uh, I've gotten very used to it. And for our show, where it's just three tracks, I have a a full track, which is both of our audio combined, that automatically records on my side. And then I have each of our individual audios. So once they're lined up, um, I go into Ferrite and I strip the silence. So it, wherever we are not speaking, it will. Um, remove that piece of audio. I also run it through a, a background noise remover called BuzzFry, which takes a little bit of time. It's about 10 minutes to process each of our tracks, but it is unbelievable at removing background noise. You tap this little learn button as it plays, and I only have to hold it down for a second or two, and it learns it immediately, and then strips all the background noise out and spits out a new file. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. And You're going so to th- need that this week because I don't know if you can hear it. My neighbor has started using a power tool outside the window. Oh, lovely. So, so yeah, I'll get BuzzFry ready to go. Yep, I will use it and we'll see how this goes. So once that's done, it goes into Ferrite. And then once everything's lined up, I strip the silence out. There's also a tightening tool. So as you adjust the threshold on the tightening tool, you can see both of our tracks sort of moving closer together from side to mm-hmm. side. So it'll fill in the gaps. Like if I say something and then there's a delay and then you speak, it'll close that gap automatically. Um, and then I delete the full track. So it's just you and I. And then I, I export it to an MP3 and upload it to the web. Very cool. Yeah, uh, we should do. We could do a whole episode on that workflow. I mean, perhaps someday we should. Yeah, it's um, as more people are doing podcasts, especially in quarantine, <laughs> um, and I think more people are looking to looking at the iPad as a computer replacement. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely viable. The only thing that is not quite viable yet is the ability to record a Skype conversation or a FaceTime conversation um, on your iPad the way we do it on the Mac. So I still use the Mac for that. Frankly, I think Apple is looking at the iPad as a computer replacement. They are, and if they are, they need to they need to address that kind of situation, you know, to use multiple audio streams at once and and that kind of stuff. There's a there's a tool out now. Um there was a review on Mac Stories. It's a digital recorder that's external and it plugs into your iPad and it records your um your audio onto a hard drive and so you can listen to you can have a conversation over Skype or FaceTime and record that conversation to this external recorder uh and then from there import those files into ferrite and, and do all the audio editing and stuff so that's pretty cool that sounds like international spy stuff it is and it's like a 600 hundred dollar machine so i'm not getting it anytime soon <laughs> well espionage is a very uh, expensive hobby yeah that's very very cool my uh tool of the week came from was born out of necessity uh, at work i had to with a deadline of about 24 hours i felt like i was in that apple ad <laughs> um, create a f- flow chart, uh, like a, one of those corporate flow charts. This person reports to this person, blah, 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 blah. 
And I got an email saying, how can we do that and make it pretty? And so I fired up to Google and ended up with something called LucidChart, which hmm. you can find at lucidchart.com. They, it is described as a visual workspace for remote teams. So all I really needed to do was create a simple flow chart that showed, you know, different departments and that type of thing. And <clears throat> sorry, boy, did it work well. There are many, many templates that you can choose from, everything from an organization flow chart to like a database design to um, story to uh, your IT department. And you can start with the template and just go from there, or you can go completely from scratch. It is fully collaborative. So I was working with a remote teammate, and it's really, really neat. So each person is assigned a color, and they get a cursor of that color, and their name hovers right by their, their cursor. Okay. So if I'm working with Lisa, there's a little green cursor that says Lisa on the screen, and there's a little red cursor that says Dave on the screen. And so we know exactly what each other is pointing to or talking okay. about or working on. Um, And within short order, we had the thing done. It's pretty darn good. There is a free tier, of course, but it's rather limited. Uh, They're not super generous with their free tier. They so rarely Um, are. (laughs) Yeah, so it's sort of the first tier, which is individual. It's $7.95 a month. Uh, You can do uh, annually or monthly if you like. It's just worlds better than the free tier. You get unlimited documents, you get unlimited objects, you get a gig of storage. One of the big things that I saw was for the free tier, you can choose from a very small set of templates. So if you're in a hurry like I was, and you look at that template that's absolutely perfect, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, that's going to be one of the paid templates. So even if you just spit up $7.95 for a month like we did to get this thing done, but in the meantime, I really fell in love with this software. It worked great. Um, there are lots of export options. The collaboration is very well done, like I said. And um, if you need to make charts or workflows or uh, flow charts quickly and easily with a remote team, definitely give Lucidchart a look. Very cool. Very nice. This would probably come in handy for our main topic, which is side hustles. Today we are talking about side hustles. So... You know, um, I, I feel like when the show first started, when you, when you and yeah. Aaron were doing it, it was a time when people, you know, you had your main job in an office and then you might work from home for freelancing, for side hustles, you know, stuff that you do on the side that doesn't really affect your, your nine to five job. Now, mm-hmm. everyone's working from home all the time for their nine to five and for any side projects they're doing. So things have changed a little bit. So I thought it might be kind of fun to to talk about this, you know, because it might be hard to juggle both sides of the coin um, at the same time. Yeah, and not only that, you might find yourself in a situation like many of us have over the past three months where your fun side hustle money is now required (laughs) to get through the day. Yeah. And I'm there, and I know millions of other Americans are as well. So it's time to pay attention to our side hustles and see how we can make those as you know, lucrative, but also, uh, I don't know, friction-free. I didn't want to use Aaron's yeah. turn, but it just popped up in my head. As possible. So, yeah, working from home, um, you know, we're, we're using our, our funds to, to make ends meet, um, but that doesn't mean that we aren't doing things on the side to afford a little extra, maybe eating out once a week or, or some special little item every now and then to, to break up the monotony and to remind us that we are not, that we are 
hopefully not living in a holistic dystopia that you know will continue on forever and ever um but you know right, there this are, is an eraser head yeah exactly um the, there are problems you know because we've had to migrate our our old lives of offices for nine to five and home is for everything else now everything is done at home so you might be doing your nine to five in a cramped little office and a desk in the corner which used to be your space for doing your other projects for yourself or for other clients and so you right. now have to contend with that maybe you have to pack everything up and move it for eight hours and then you have to bring it all back and it's a headache um you know keeping those lives separate at all is probably a lot harder i know it is for me um, you know, right now I'm, I'm unemployed, but you know, being, um, I do have a side hustle, which is bringing in some income, but you might be working a nine to five, which used to be 9am to 5pm. And now it's 7.30am to 7.30pm because you're home, your computer's set up automatically anyway, and you just, you're always there and you're always present. And so there's an expectation that you should always be working, um, which is not healthy. You know, everyone needs an outlet. Everyone needs something to do on the side to, to, get the creativity out of their head and, and sort of relieve the tension of the day. Um, and then, you know, by the time you're done with everything with your regular job, you probably don't have the, the energy or the motivation to work. I haven't finished reading a book in over a year. I've been so <laughs> just like dead inside. And I feel terrible because there's there's stuff I want to read, but I just I cannot find the time or the, the energy to just sit down and open a book um, and let alone write a book. I mean, I, I've been trying to write a book for the last six months. But the the pandemic and and being a, a parent with a, a child at home, um, you know, who I had to now become his teacher and um, I had to do my stuff on the side. There just there hasn't been time for me to do stuff I want to do. So, um, you know, it's it's been hard. How has it been for you? It's been a little nuts, like you said, working seven to seven. For me, it's maybe working nine to noon and then one to four. And then six to eight, and then nine thirty right. to ten thirty. So there's these like little wacky spurts because you have to fill fit other things in. Now I also have a tendency to take on a hundred jobs when I probably right. have <laughs> bandwidth for ten. So that's uh, my own fault. But <clears throat> when that's the case, I have to look at the motivation. Why am I taking on this side hustle? Is it because it's you know income? Sure, that's probably a big one. Um, but there are other reasons. I think. So, I mean, there's several reasons I would think to choose a side hustle. One is the additional income. I mean, that's probably yeah. first and foremost. Um, it provides some autonomy. You could have the freedom to schedule when you work, where you work, all that kind of thing. Like you said, that can certainly creep up into more hours per day or per week than mm -hmm. you intended to spend on that thing, especially when your office and your home are one and the same, which is the case for, the I would say, the vast majority of people Right now, you have that tendency to walk by and eh, I'll just give this 10 minutes and that 10 minutes becomes 90. Yep. And then you feel guilty about the other things you're doing or conversely, you're spending time away from your desk and you're feeling guilty because you're not at your desk. Right. Um, it's, 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 it's such a good time. But and a side hustle can also um, let you see tasks through from beginning to end um, pretty quickly. And which can lead to really nice you know, experiences and good satisfaction. If it's something that you can do relatively easily, um, like putting out an episode of this podcast, it isn't necessarily the easiest thing in the world, right. but it's not the most difficult thing in the world. Like here we are on Friday talking, and then in a couple of days, the episode will be done. So we, you get that nice feeling of accomplishment. Oh, within 72 hours, I completed this task. And that's pretty nice. Right. And, and you know, this podcast and probably almost every other project I do on the side is not 
an income generator. I have a newsletter that comes right. out every week or every two weeks if I if I have the motivation to do it. Um, that <laughs> isn't generating any income. I have my other sh- show, the the Shelf Life, which is on hiatus right now, but that isn't. It's actually costing me money because I have to pay for hosting and for a website and and all that. But it, you know, that that was a labor of love and something I really wanted to do. So it's worth it to me, but that takes a lot of effort. When I put a, a show together for that, it might be only 10 minutes long per episode, but it takes me three to five hours to put each episode together. And I have to wait for mm-hmm. audio to come in from all the, the different actors who are on the show. So it's, it's a lot that goes in there. And, you know, you would only do that kind of work if you really, really loved it and valued it, which I do. Yeah. Now, does that include writing an episode? And writing an episode. Yeah. I write every episode. Uh, so, right. you know, that alone, my first, the first episode of the show, that first script probably went through 12 revisions before I was comfortable enough to send it to other people. And so that took hours and hours. That was probably a month of work just to get that first script done. And then the ones after that, once I found the voice and the, the style of the show, it, it came a little easier. But that first script was just a, a nightmare to write. Um, but it was worth it. And and the, the show I got out of it, I absolutely adore. Um, I just wish it had a bigger audience. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> the only side hustle I have right now that actually pays anything is writing for Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, which yeah. I love, but that all that too, you know, that I have a deadline to, to meet. Um, it's about an episode or a story a day I'm writing, but I'm doing that at the end of my day where I'm, I've been watching my son, we've been playing, we've been, I've been teaching him. Um, I have to cook dinner and clean and get the house in order. And then, you know, by the time that's all done, I've got to make it my third cup of coffee of the day so I can stay up late enough to finish the story and send it to Aaron. So it's, it's a lot, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work to, to do all this work. See, good thing you got that bottomless coffee subscription uh, right yeah my new bag just arrived yesterday it's absolutely delicious <laughs> i feel like i'm missing out on some significant aspect of social life on earth since i don't like coffee i it, like there's something lacking in myself as a human being I, there there are plenty of tea drinkers out there um we we don't think less of you we do but <laughs> But no, you know, I do miss sitting in a coffee shop. As much as I've saved a ton of money by making coffee at home, I do miss the act of like sitting out in the world and watching people and listening to conversations and just enjoying the atmosphere of a coffee shop or a bookstore Mm -hmm. or, you know, any of those places where I can just sit and people watch. Please, I'd be happy to sit in a McDonald's right now. Seriously, yeah. So there are some features you might want to consider um, when you're choosing a side hustle, like um, I'll say uh, feedback, significance, and skill variety. So if we're talking about feedback, a find a side hustle that provides like clear information about your performance and how you can improve it right away. For example, you think of like the Lyft or the Uber driver. Um, you get rider, rider ratings and tips right there on the spot so you can find out how to improve what you're doing um, versus if you're like walking dogs via Rover, uh, you might not get that feedback quickly. The one I really like is finding a side hustle that is perceived to be significant. If I may be so haughty, mm-hmm. uh, Harry, I'm going to suggest homework might be that. I mean, this I, is something I that think can... you're a haughty, but that's... <laughs> hey, yo, that's uh, after dark. <laughs> This is something that can increase enrichment from what we do. For example, like if you're selling goods online, right. um, you maybe deeply connect with the people you're talking to. Or if you're making a podcast, it helps people do what they do better. So that yeah. can be another reward outside of financial, another motivation to uh, 
come up with this idea. And and doing doing my other podcast, doing the newsletter, you know, these are things. Writing my books, these are things that you know they don't pay money usually, but they are helping me build a brand for myself and get my name out there. The the book that I self-published, I never planned on self-publishing, but because of the, the the whole employment situation and you know trying to bring in some extra money, it wasn't going anywhere with agents. I wanted to publish it traditionally and I just the, there was no way it was really going to happen. So I decided to self-publish it. And I've made probably, you know, a little over a hundred dollars since it came out back in April. Um, which is, it's something, it's probably, it's probably more than some midlist authors make. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's out there. I've got my writing out there and it is bringing me in some kind of income. Um, I just got a check for $12 from Gumroad from selling copies of my book. So yay me, I can go buy, you know, nice. I can't even afford a pizza right now, but you know, we'll get there, but it's, it's something. Right. And, and because of that work, you know, I'm, I'm going to do an audiobook version of it. I'm going to start that pretty soon. Um, that should hopefully bring in some more money. I've even considered spinning that off into a side hustle, um, you know, through Substack and through other platforms, maybe Patreon. I could do a chapter a week or a chapter a month and charge people two, three bucks to get the new chapter when it releases. So no, on nice. audio, yeah. So sort of like a a, a, a subscription only podcast kind of thing. So and then when it's done, they have the complete audio book, and and I've got some money in my pocket. And I've been considering doing that with other books of mine, doing an audio and a self-published print version. So, you know, just different ways nice. to get my name out there and to, to make a little money. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I recently got my quarterly royalty statement from Pearson for zero dollars. Outstanding. Yeah, they spend so I'm excited about they that. waste so much money in stamps and, and postage and all that to send it to you. I don't know why they do this. <laughs> Here's the problem. When you write a pair of books that are out that are about something that will soon be obsolete, like a piece of software or an operating system, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a really good year. Then you're gonna have a lot of zeros yep. after that. Absolutely. So that was the lesson I learned with Pearson. But anyway, let's go back to reasons you might be motivated to create a side hustle. This one I really like a variety of skills. You can um, there are these, I'm talking about skills that the side hustler already possesses or beneficial, or maybe skills that the side hustler wants to further develop. Uh, for example, consider the variety and, uh, you know, the skills you can use by developing your own jobs at like TaskRabbit or Fiverr mm-hmm. or one of those type of things. Or if you think you want to develop skill X, uh, here's a way to do that that will be interesting and compelling and maybe, um, lead to making yourself more marketable. In the future. Yeah, I mean, if you're a graphic designer by day, you know, by night, maybe you're an artist and you're drawing characters and stuff. So let's say you set up a Patreon or a Ko-Fi or something where for $10, $15, you'll do a sketch of someone for their Twitter avatar. I've seen people do that. You know, you can you can make a little bit of money on the side doing what you love. Um, and, you know, yes, it, it's more effort. Um, it's it's It requires more energy and all that. But to do a quick sketch of someone for their Twitter avatar, you know, if you have the skills already, it probably won't be that much more to do. Um, so it's it's something just to bring in a little extra income. And then, you know, from that, build more on that brand. Maybe you do custom art for someone's books, you know, fan art for them or, uh, you know, other ways to to explore your, your artistry and build a name for yourself online. Right or their D and D one shot. Yeah, exactly. Send me your email. Design post. a character for their yeah for their D and D character. <laughs> I need an illustrator. Yeah. So I think the more, hmm, the experience of your side hustle will be improved when your motives are sort of congruent with the nature of the activity. 
so I guess if you choose a side hustle that should involve consideration for your, what your motives are for the activity and the likelihood this side hustle will fulfill those motives. So if you're learning to, looking to earn some extra cash, make that make sure you find something that's going to do that for you. If you're trying to build skills that you can use in the future, find a side hustle that's going to do that for you. Like you said, if you're just trying to build up a portfolio, um, find a side hustle that's going to do that for you. And if your motives are congruent with the work you're actually doing, it'll be much more enjoyable and much more successful for you. Yeah, there's um, <clears throat> there's a, uh, an Instagram account I follow. He's at PowerPig on Instagram, but he's a Lego builder. And his Ooh. Instagram portfolio was were these little MOCs, my own creations of like his video game systems growing up and, and what his computer desk looked like and stuff. But he did these things called brick sketches. And so he would take the, the flat Legos, like the, the one by twos and things, and he would make sketches of different characters. He did himself. He did a stormtrooper. He did Boba Fett. And he would post pictures of them on Instagram. It turned out he was hired by Lego because of the work he was doing on Instagram, and his brick sketches are now a product they sell in Lego stores and online. And I think it's the Joker, Batman, and a Stormtrooper are the, the first iterations of this. But he turned his passion for Lego and building his own things into a job with the company he loves. Yeah, that's the kind of story that just fills your heart. With anger. With gladness for that person. <laughs> it also fills my heart with black tar. Yeah. So I want a job doing goofy, ridiculous things that make me happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm so jealous and upset now. <laughs> so before we go quickly, should, should your side hustle be something similar to your full-time job or something completely different? Like, for example, should a full-time accountant uh, undertake individual tax returns as their side hustle? Or should you do something that's completely different so you can have a little bit of an escape and perhaps a chance to build skills? I feel like, well, so from what I understand, being a CPA, you know, doing corporate work and doing personal taxes are two very different um, disciplines. So yeah. you might not be able to do that kind of thing. Me personally, I work in legal marketing. So what I do for my job is very different from what I do on the side. I don't even tell people I'm a writer usually because I don't want them to come to me with writing questions and for me to write copy for them. Um, so with that, I keep things very separate. Uh, but there, there are people who are, like I said, like a graphic designer who also does logo work on the side or designs characters or or twitter avatars or dnd sketches um to make a little money on the side so you, you might be able to to bridge both your nine to five and your your side hustle mm -hmm. into the same thing lastly i think we should talk about do you disclose if you have a full-time nine to five do you disclose your side hustle to your full-time employer the person who is paying the bills i think it depends on uh what what you're doing on the side and whether that would, that's a conflict of interest. Um, like, you know, similar to if you're a corporate CPA and you happen to be able to do personal taxes on the side, that might be something to disclose. Um, for me, I never really tell them because what I do on the side has no bearing on what I do, uh, for my nine to five. And, uh, you know, I keep my, my social media stuff pretty hidden. You know, I don't use my real name on social media, um, you know, they, I, and when I do look for a job, I lock it down. So I try to keep all that very separate. I don't put any of my extra work on LinkedIn, um, except for writing for cabinet. Uh, I, I don't do any of that stuff. So for me, they're two yeah. very separate, different lives. And I think that's okay. Any, any company that has some sort of, of, you know, if they think they, that everything you do should be known to them, 
that's a red flag. Um, there are some instances, for example, you know, famously when Steve Wozniak was working for HP and he designed the Apple One, uh, he had to bring it to HP because anything he designed while he was working for them needed a first pass it from them. You know, if they said, no, we don't want it, then he can do what he, whatever he wants with it. But if they wanted to to get the technology from him, they had a right to it. I don't know if that's still yeah. the case, but if you work for a company where any anything you do while working for them is technically their intellectual property now, be aware that what you do on the side might end up being claimed by them. I think that happened recently with a journalist. Like it was like the, the LA times or something where a journalist was writing a book or something and all the research and all the work he had done was technically the property of the LA times. And so there was this whole fight about whether he could even do this external, this, this write this book outside of, of his work purview. So yeah, just be aware of any of those kind of, of clauses or limitations and whatever contract you have. Yeah, so I guess it's a it's just a good practice before pursuing a side hustle. Just check company policies to ensure that working on such a thing isn't a, in a violation right. um, of company policy. Even if it is not a violation of company policy, um, some people might still be hesitant to disclose their side hustle to coworkers or supervisors. I say, in that case, uh, consider whether or not you know of others that also have a side hustle and whether or not they openly discuss their side hustle at work. Also, um, Consider your relationship with your supervisor. Do you trust them? Do they trust you? Right. Are you risking that trust if you don't disclose your and side it, hustle? You know, if you if you work in a in a an office set setting that's fairly conservative, and you're right, you know, drawing erotic D and D characters on the side, maybe it's not the best idea to tell them that what you do for you know your side <laughs> hustle right. work. Um, and the same thing if you're you know if you work in IT but on on the side you're a, a stand-up comedian and you tell raunchy jokes it might not be great to to let your coworkers know what you're doing so you know to keep those those things separated yeah you might want to deploy um what's it called a common sense yes um yeah definitely so I don't know I think I think that's pretty good just draw from positive resources and positive experiences from your side hustle work and um and i think i try to make it work as best i you think can. it goes without saying don't use company property don't use company computers devices phones all that to do your side hustle work keep that keep all of that separate separate email accounts separate devices um you know you do not want to have a situation because your office your company is watching what you do even when they say they aren't or you know they you might not think they are there's always software that can see what you are doing on your machine what you store on your machine um, so just be aware that anything you do on that company machine is going to be looked at by someone in IT. So keep it separate. Yeah, IT knows what you're doing. Yep, always. So like so many other things in life, there can be too much of a good thing, and balance is very, very key here. Just be aware of how much time you're spending in the full-time job, how much with your side hustle, and how much with your life outside of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, it's it seems like a lot of places are going to be work from home for at least the next year. I know Google is summer of 2021. They're, they're, they're going to yeah. consider bringing people back. Twitter is indefinite. They, they've told their workers don't bother coming back any, you know, for the next several years. Um, Apple is only bringing people in as needed, like if they need to use the the machining tools and you know the design tools to help actually make the stuff we use um, but they're doing it on a limited basis but a lot of their their administrative people are just they're still working from home so you know it might be time it might be the perfect time to start reevaluating how you get your work done from home so you can maximize 
you know, your your time at home, build those boundaries, build those routines so that you don't have to work from 7.30 to 7.30. You can go back to working from 9 to 5 and, and establishing that set schedule so you do have the time and the energy to do your side hustle and, and get that creative outlet. I agree. That also brings us to the end of the episode. It's something I've been waiting all week to say, Harry. Where can we find you online? You can find me at Linktree. Uh, link so l i n k t r dot e e slash h c marks. All of my links are there. <laughs> yeah, and I was so excited. I did the same thing. You can find me at slash Dave Kalo for all my links. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. I'm so excited. I can say that now and not have to rattle off every individual URL to where I am. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, in the meantime, work on your side hustle. Let us know how it's going and go get some work done. Bye. Bye.